0: I have uh, decided to take a gamble and to share some elements of a story that I've been curating. It's called, at this current time, it's called A Tale of Two Healers. Um, Charles Dickens uh, was famous for a story called The Tale of Two Cities. And in that uh, story, he said it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. And my mind took it and said, hey, okay, maybe it was the best of times in one city while in the other city it was the worst of times which very much describes you know our geographical situation right now london is celebrating the bicentennial or something the platinum edition of the queen of england (laughs) and you know ukraine is you know getting bombed out and then uvaldi and tulsa are, 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 are in deep, deep, deep suffering. And then there's Cancun, you know, maybe they're having a good time in Cancun, a tale of two cities. So it's the best of times and the worst of times. We're always working with both. And that particular uh, train of thought kind of has informed, you know, what, uh, what I would like to endeavor to talk to you about tonight. And, There was two healers and the first healer, I'm gonna divvy this up into healer number one and healer number two, if I will, if you will. And so the first healer, or both of these healers were part of the same community. And I'll let you embellish kind of like what the ideal community may look like for you. But one was a young, newer, To the tradition, newer to the practice, but very effective, held a lot of promise healer who was younger. And the second healer was an elder and very seasoned and very well respected and who was revered for his craft. And they were both revered for their craft. However, The young man's method of healing was through his speech. This was a gift that he had discovered and that the community had helped him to cultivate. And he was still very much in the early stages of it. But his words, he healed through his words. He healed through artistic expression, such as poems and song. He was considered to be graceful and eloquent, insightful, intuitive, resonant, relevant, poetic, and melodic. This was how the community, the type of esteem, this young healer's Community held him in. But what the community didn't know, and I really want to invite you to maybe put yourself, place yourself in proximity to this, to the ideal of this young healer. What the community didn't know, in spite of all of those beautiful attributes, he he embodied. They didn't know that he was discouraged oftentimes by his own inherent and secret struggles with the emerging responsibility of being identified as a healer and being identified as an up-and-coming community leader. They didn't know that on the other side of his gift, there was this turmoil. They didn't know. And so what ensued was because of this this friction in this intersection that he was so acquainted with, this led him to struggling with believing in himself. And he oftentimes felt, you know, imposter syndrome. This particular experience compounded his shame and he would act out his shame by not being eloquent and poetic and melodic. But he would act it out by being harsh and cynical and sarcastic, and this was acted out this way. It was his way of sabotaging his calling and to distance himself and possibly even disqualify himself from what he perceived as a heavy responsibility to be what, everybody else, what was obvious to everybody else. But people didn't know what his struggle was. And as a result, another way that he would act out. Is that sometimes he would just disappear. He would go on hiatus. Leaving the community he served. And he would go for periods of time. Sometimes weeks sometimes months into the wilderness just to try to figure stuff out to see if he could shake it off to see if it was really really true that this is what he's supposed to be doing and so within that same community you had the second healer who was an elder He was a gentle and a sympathetic and a silent man. He was known for very few, if any, words at all. This elder healer was deeply attuned with the laws of nature. He could understand the secret languages of animals. He could understand even the secret language of water. He could understand the secret language and the movements of fish and what it meant when they looked at you, if you caught their glance. He could understand the secret language of birds and even plant life. And he, being a human being, cultivated through his familiarity and acquaintance with the laws of nature, he cultivated the ability to not really need to speak the way most humans spoke but yet he was still very much integrated into the human life of the community, that they just accepted that that's how he was. And his method of healing, unlike the young healer who used his speech and his eloquence and his artistry, the method of this elder was simply to bear witness to the person or persons that were in front of him. I'm endeavoring to replicate that right now with the uncomfortable way that this may be coming across as I just gaze at you. And as I do so, I'm seeing you and all of your other yous. The yous that you embrace and the yous that you want to discard. The yous that you celebrate and the yous of you that you merely tolerate the elder healer had this type of magnetic presence. And he would see you. In addition to this, the impact of being witnessed so deeply and intently, it could create fear. But as he would move closer, his shadow would fall upon you, and it would break some of the intensity, because his shadow falling upon you is sort of a way that he was embracing you without touch. And so the elder healer, being aware that the younger healer had once again left, but this time the young man didn't come back within the typical time coordinates that he typically would. This would happen maybe every six to nine months he would need to go on his excursion. But he wasn't coming back this time. He hadn't shown up. And the elder healer being so acquainted with nature, he knew where he might actually find this young man. With his multiple talents of being aligned with the universe and having this, symbiotic communication with all living beings. And so the older man set off to go and find this young man. The older man actually found a set of footprints in some fresh soil and because he was so articulate with understanding the ways of plant life, he was able to not only identify the footprint of this young man, but the, w- the way that the impression of his soul, the impression that his soul made on the Earth itself, the older healer was able to notice the type of emotional weight this young healer was carrying. He could lean down to the earth and smell the footprint. And he could detect grief visually and somatically in that particular dynamic, almost as if he could smell sodium from this young man's own trail of tears that he led as he tried to run away and hide. So this older healer, this older man, continued having nothing to say, and he just continued his sojourn. We're going to switch now to a place to where we find the young man, the young healer. And the young healer is tired He's found no destination. He has been on what we would call in the West an odyssey, which is interpreted as a long and arduous journey. And at this particular point of his odyssey, he has stopped to take a break and to allow himself to reflect. on his surroundings and how he is interpreting his experience. And the young man opened his mouth and eloquently gave this assessment, describing his experience in this way. And he said, I was tired at the foot of the hill, looking up past the brown." grass dome into the gray sky. Where I stood, the river spoke and reached. I knelt to drink, and I saw under my wrists small fish blinking eyelids of light. And he says, standing again, I bent with the shape of the hill where no trees grew, and rocks, even rocks leaned from pale grass. He said that it was then that the hidden birds sang, like two grass spears rubbing. Its voice was more troubled than a raven's. Was like a knife parting the grass. Its voice was a red arrow breaking like lightning over an abyss. And he said, that music came into my body. Touching the river with one hand, while with the other reaching towards the dome of the hill, the young man began to sing his own song of lament. For all of the reasons that were keeping him from his calling. And this was echoed through the broken voice in the grass. It was expressed through the limited vision of fish. It was expressed through the seasons he saw on his sojourn, even the ashes of summer. And ultimately, through the shadows that fell upon his face. It was at this moment that he was able to look up. And he realized he was standing in the shadow of the elder. The elder bear witness of him through the limited blinking eyelids of light fish as he drank. The elder bore witness to him through the voice of the hidden bird that sang like two grass spears rubbing The elder witnessed him through every phase of his sojourn. And in closing, the young man knew that this elder didn't speak. But he dared to ask a question. And he said, Elder, I struggle with believing in myself. And the elder broke silence in this one case as the young man abode within his shadow, knowing that this would help him. He said, don't believe in yourself. Believe in the work that you are called to do. Believe in the work you've been gifted to do. And as you apply yourself to your work, you will see for yourself that you've had the capability all along as you complete your work. Don't get in your own way. Believe in the work. And EBMC, that is all I have to share with you tonight. I want to thank you for allowing me the space to bring something that's still in development forward. I hope that it was resonant for you.